Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Welcome to the Wrap Party, where we dive a little deeper into Sunday's message. Danielle here with Pastor Ray. He concluded our series, In Plain Sight, where we're looking at Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus, focusing on fulfilled prophecy at the coming of Jesus the Messiah. Why don't you remind us about your message? Sure, yeah. Um, I had the the privilege of closing out our series, In Plain Sight. Um, and so what I really wanted to do was kind of give a review of all that we have covered so far. Um, and so I pointed to some uh, pieces of evidence that Matthew gives to show that Jesus is king of the Jews. Um, and then I wanted to show how uh, each of the prophecies we looked at are tied to a specific geographic location, um, which I think is really important as we kind of talked about the last one, uh, which was the notoriety of Nazareth. And I wanted to give um, a connection between the prophecy that Matthew outlines that the Messiah would be called a Nazarene um, to, to the Old Testament, because that's exactly what Matthew is doing. And so I looked at Nazareth's insignificance and despisal um, as two ways that we can connect um, the Old Testament with this prophecy, which really shows that the Messiah himself had a seemingly insignificant beginning, um, and he was also ultimately rejected and despised, hated and looked down upon. Um, but I didn't want to leave it there either because the infant Jesus grew up and Jesus went on to do so much more. Um, and so we kind of ended talking about what Jesus would go on to do, namely um, to live the life we couldn't live, pay the penalty for sin we could never pay ourselves. Um, and in doing that, his death brought us life. Um, so I really wanted to end with that. And then just kind of some practical applications. Now that we know that Jesus is king, um, how should we respond? And I really wanted to give us, um, you know, challenge us in trying to hear his voice um, and then being obedient, even if it means leaving our comfort zone. Right. Yeah, I I really appreciated you going into the, to the geography and uh, discussing how Micah predicted his birth in Bethlehem, Hosea, the exodus to Egypt, Jeremiah, the ravaging in Ramah. And Isaiah um, prophesying about Nazareth. Um, I remember when you were going through your notes, um, being your wife and all, <laughs> I get the privilege for a little bit of behind the scenes when it comes to your message prep. And um, you were going through and you were like, yeah, they don't even mention Nazareth in the Old Testament. And I remember going, whoa, 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 wait mm -hmm. a second. Wasn't um, Samuel and Samson, they were Nazarites. And that was a big moment for me realizing, um, uh, that Nazarite and Nazareth don't actually have a connection that they're not, you know, one in the same. And so could you talk a little bit more about that distinction? Yeah. So, um, some scholars do make this connection with the Nazarite vows. Um, from the research I did, it seems like 
you know, a third or fourth kind of side option to connect to this prophecy in Matthew. Um, It's interesting, though, because I, I kind of dismissed it as something I would talk about in my message, but you immediately picked up on it. So I was like, wow, I, I have to address this in my message somehow because other people may be yeah. thinking the same thing. Um, but ultimately what it, and, and it's interesting too, because um, the connection to Isaiah 11, one, part of what they lean on is the Hebrew word netzer, which ties with, uh, um, it, which shares consonants with Nazarene. So it sounds similar. Right. Um, and it may have the same a, a meaning of like an insignificant beginning, um, right. which really ties to Nazareth as a town. And Jesus being from Nazareth was really kind of, um, it was something that the Jews dismissed him for um, as yeah. part of the despisal of him coming from Nazareth. Uh, but what's interesting is um they make that connection based on the Hebrew word netzer. Well, the Hebrew word um, for Nazarite is like uh, netzir, S-I-R, but it it also sounds similar. So maybe there is more to it than I originally thought. However, um, it's clear doing the research into it that um, Matthew says the prophets spoke about him being a Nazarite, None of the prophets speak about Nazarite vows, other to say that some people undertook the vows, but it was no right. no prophetic word tied to it. And I think that was in uh, in Amos. Right. Well, and we see clearly that Jesus drank wine, and I think that was one of the yeah. big things in the Nazarite vows was like that you would abstain from any alcohol. Yeah, and, it was that uh, your hair. not touching dead bodies. Well, yeah. Jesus raise the dead right yeah (laughs) Um, so he definitely touched dead bodies um Um, yeah no it's just uh, sorry the one thing that does connect it is that obviously obviously jesus is special set apart from the lord absolutely you know set um set apart special by the lord but he that's because he's the second (laughs) person of the godhead trinity right exactly so, yeah, no, it, it was just so interesting to me because I immediately was like, Nazarite, Nazareth. It's clearly connected, but mm. you don't have to be from Nazareth to take the Nazarite True. vows. They're not actually connected geographically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, you know, that was pretty significant to me. Um, but yeah, so when you were talking about um, his... Uh, his despisal, the Nazareth's despisal, it just reminds me of that verse where, um, I think it's in Isaiah, where it talks about he's a man of uh, sorrow, mm-hmm. well acquainted with grief and and all of it. It's, it's just so impactful that, um, that he really did come, Jesus really did come and experience every hard emotion and every hard thing that we would ever go through. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when they, when we hear that he can identify with us in our pain, it's because he truly can. He truly right. can. Um, yeah. That, that was from Isaiah um, 53, which I used okay. um, for yeah. four of the verses from that. Uh, the whole, the whole chapter Isaiah 53 is talking about the Messiah who mm-hmm. um, is hung on the cross. It's all about, 
um, Jesus being despised and rejected and hated. Um, and then that's that's where it comes from. Um, verse 3, he was re- despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Um, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not, which is a, yeah. a tragedy then and it's a tragedy today um, that unbelievers, which you and I used to be mm-hmm. one, um, yep. we esteem Jesus not. Um, but even as Christians, sometimes we don't give him the correct esteem um, right. that he alone is worthy of. Yeah. You know, so sometimes, sometimes we, uh, probably more than sometimes, we fall short to fully esteem who Jesus is and what mm-hmm. he's done for us. Yeah, I would say this is such a beautiful time to recalibrate yeah. and to recenter and to refocus and put Jesus at the uh, helm of our homes where he should be because it's so easy to get bogged down with, you know, the burdens of this life and forget that we're not supposed to be carrying them yeah. ourselves anyways. And so, yeah, that that was one of the things that I really, really appreciated you going into John 15, mm-hmm. um, the scripture on abiding uh, in him, because that has always been one that really spoke to me, especially in this um, season of health struggles, um, yeah. because if I don't remain in him, it gets it can be really bleak really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something that. um I remember I was teaching a Bible class once uh, on the Gospel of John, and someone asked me, "What what does it mean to abide?" And I kind of drew a blank, you know, because you kind of are like, "Well, I mean, it means to you know live in Jesus and um, you know stay connected to Him." You know, the, the kind of phrases that it it means, um, but that a lot of times just giving that kind of simple definition isn't helpful for people who really want to know, like, what does it mean to abide? And so I've done some study on it, deeper study. And I think really what it boils down to, especially if you look at um, John 15, where Jesus talks about this, the key component is our obedience Mm -hmm. to his commandments. That's, that's where the rubber meets the road as far as abiding in Christ is being obedient to him. Right. Remain in me and I in you. And it's like, if, if he is in us and we're remaining in him, there's going to be action on our part Yeah, because just hearing what he says and not doing it is not loving like that is not. Yeah, and, love I, him. and I mentioned in my message, you know, to hear um, in the Bible, most of the time it means to listen and obey. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. All the times that I've I feel like I've said stuff like this to our kids where I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I know you're hearing me, but are you hearing me? Yeah. Because you're still sitting where you are and the chore is still left undone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, I know your ears are working, but has it taken root? Because yeah. there has been no action. And that's one. That's another, another of my favorite sayings is no obey or slow obey is no. Obey. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. I heard that from but Chelsea how first. often, how often are we slow to obey what we know God is calling us to? Right. Especially if it's like your other point out of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. where, you know, I I don't under, I don't understand. Maybe because we didn't personally, me and you did not grow up in church. Mm -hmm. And so church culture wasn't our background until 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so this this idea that um, a relationship with God is just what you do and that it's all going to be great and everything's going to be beautiful and there's not going to be any struggle and and everything. I don't understand where that thought comes from and the whole, well, well, if it doesn't, you know, if it's not comfortable, then it might not be from him right. kind of thing. I I have I've seen that in a lot of people's lives, but I it's never resonated with me because when you read the Bible, it doesn't say that. And so, um, but I you know like we didn't grow up with very um, easy home lives, right. and so I I was like, okay, hard we can do hard, but hard with Jesus is way better than hard without Him. And so, um, but yeah, like abiding in him doesn't necessarily mean well it definitely doesn't mean a life free of trouble it just means that you have him with you in your trouble yeah exactly and I, i think it's a sad thing that um many leaders in the church um water down the word of god to make it more palatable for people and that's that's exactly um why you'll hear a lot of things like well you know if it's too hard Maybe God's not that. Maybe that's not God speaking to you, or you know, if if this might cause you trouble or worry, like then don't do it, kind of thing. Um, you know, Jesus promised in this life you will have trouble, right. but take heart, I have overcome the world, and He does say that He will be with us always. Um, I know in my life I've experienced that. Um, I think too about uh, something Pastor Josh Stewart used to say all the time is. Um, you know, we, we don't grieve like the world grieves because the world grieves that don't know Jesus, they grieve without hope. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine grieving something without the hope of knowing that in the end, it's all going to work out. Right. Like that there's beauty from the pain. There's, there's purpose in it all. Even if we can't see it, I think it's funny that you mentioned Josh because Jennifer is actually the one who um, pointed me to a, a devotional called um, Abiding in Christ uh, by Andrew Murray. And um, when you when you went into John 15, I was like, man, there we go. There's my devotional that I'm doing along nice. with our fasting because um, I went through it in the past and it's just so impactful. It really does um, unpack verse by verse this mm-hmm. idea of abiding and remaining in Christ, because it's not a matter of absence of trial. It's a matter of presence uh, and nearness to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, cause I, we've been through some tough things, but with Jesus is the way to do it. Like I can't imagine it any other way. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, the truth is he's always with us. Right. It's just a matter. Do we acknowledge that or not? Um, are we attempting to, uh, speak with him and hear his voice right, or yeah. are we just trying to do everything under our own strength? Are we um, worrying about the what ifs that will probably never happen, Yeah, you know, um, instead of just trusting in him and abiding in him and uh, following where he leads. And I, I wanted to bring out in my message too, and I hope it came across like the reward for anything we face in this life. If we know Christ, the reward is worth any amount of pain, any yeah. amount of suffering, any amount of sadness or sickness, um, loss and grief and debt, uh, death, like all of that. Um, the apostle Paul says 
is nothing compared to the glory that we will receive when we're with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. The cost, you know, the cost is worth it, but it, you know, it's hard in the moment. And so I'm, I'm glad you took the time to kind of speak to, um, the pain and, and grief that many are feeling during this season and, um, and speaking to that, uh, pressing in, um, because I, th- I think, you know, some of my, some of my lowest times has been, well, have been times where I felt God the nearest. Yeah. And so it, it's just this beautiful reminder that when we're going through the hard times, when we're in these tough seasons, like God is closer. It's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't, he doesn't pull away. He doesn't back up and go, oh, well, I'll give you some space to deal with this. No, he's like, in the mess with us mm-hmm. and uh, whether it's our own doing or something, something outside um, impacting us, like he's in it with us. Yeah, you know what? I, I've had this thought before, um, but even if the only good that comes out of our trials is that we're a little closer to God, that's worth it right there. Right. Um, but we know that God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his plans right. and his purposes. Um, so in my mind, um, the good that comes out of all of our things is more than just yeah. a closer relationship with God, but man, that alone is yeah, worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's kind of, um, if you don't mind, let's kind of unpack these action points, uh, a bit that you, that you, um, gave, because I think we can kind of take some of these things for granted, especially your first point to, um, you said, you know, some good points to abide in Christ are these three things. Um, and it's pray, wait, and obey. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I wanted to, you know, this whole idea of, um, abiding in Christ and obeying him, I kind of wanted to line that up in parallel with Joseph and his obedience in the Christmas story, because every time God spoke to him through an angel of the Lord, uh, in a dream, the word says each time he arose from sleep and immediately did what he was told to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have this thought in my head that, um, I'm sure that Joseph and Mary had a close enough relationship to, to God to be constantly in prayer. I mean, that was a typical uh, thing that was common for Jews of that time. They, they lived to commune with God. Mm -hmm. And so that really should be our uh, desire too, is to stay in communication with God. And that happens through prayer. And, and it's not, you know, Jesus isn't Santa Claus. And so, you know, we're not asking for our uh, hopes and desires and the gifts that we're going to get. Like that shouldn't be our main goal, not the gift, but the giver, right? right? Not, um, not what he can give us, but I think we need to have the opposite and God, how can I serve you? What can I give you? Because God's the one that's worthy of it all. But all that to say, like if we're not praying to God about uh, the things we need, uh, our hopes and dreams, um, our trials and our difficulties, if we're not praying to God, 
then we're missing out on the only solution yeah. to any of those problems. Right. Well, and even so much happens in you in the praying. Like we pray to, um, you know, to get closer to God, to hear him speak. But there's something about especially audibly praying out these things that are burdening you. Um, I can't tell you how many times the atmosphere just shifts yeah. where, you know, I'm talking to God and I'm crying out to him and nothing has changed in the circumstance. But so much has changed in me because it builds your faith when you will come to God and be like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the next step is, but I know the one who does mm -hmm. and I'm surrendering it to you. And so often we think of prayer as like our last resort, like, well, I guess all we can yeah. do is pray. It's like, no, let that be your first thing before you go uh, discuss it with your spouse or your best friend or whatever. Like, how about we bring it immediately to the one who actually has the answer and who has the peace to help sustain you while you're in the waiting? I can't remember who it is, but they said basically like, I'm too busy to not get up at four in the morning and spend three hours in prayer. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Isn't because you just have so that? much going yeah. on in your life that you can't afford not to do it mm -hmm. in the presence of God right. continually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so good. And then waiting. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So, so, you know, if, if we're praying to God and we're asking the Lord, like, what should we do? How can we serve you? Um, what's the right decision to make? Uh, what's the answer here? Am I doing something wrong? Should I talk to this person about this thing? If, if that's what we're bringing to him in prayer, I think a lot of times we don't wait for him to answer us. Yeah, We just keep throwing out the questions and the what ifs and the how abouts. Um, so we're, so even if we're quick to pray, mm -hmm. either we're slow or, um, or we don't even wait to hear him to listen. answer. Yeah, I think a lot of times, too, we come to God in prayer already having decided on what we're going to do in the situation. That's true. Yeah. Kind of almost like, hey, God, help me with this. But just so you know, I've got one foot out the door ready to go handle this thing on my own. Right. As opposed to waiting and uh, listening for his voice in it. I think, too, um, maybe this is something that might help if you get like wise counsel by another Christian that you trust. Because I, I think a lot of times, too, um, we may have two paths that we can take for a particular problem, yeah. um, but we're trying to decide which one we should take. Right. I think sometimes God, uh, he doesn't answer us directly because maybe both options are good options. Yeah. And then we just have the free will to choose which one we think is the best. And so that's sometimes if like, maybe if you're stuck on something as you're waiting for the Lord to reveal his will for you and you've kind of got two options, maybe three options, mm -hmm. they all seem kind of good, but there's a few maybe pros and cons about each one. Yeah. Just get some wise counsel from someone you trust and, oh, then, yeah. and then make a good decision. Cause sometimes it's not the right decision and the wrong decision. Sometimes it's two right decisions that may lead to varying degrees of, desirable outcomes but right. it's not inherently wrong. yeah yeah oh yeah because not every decision we make i mean i mean i've heard studies of the thousands of decisions minute decisions we make every single day but not every single decision is good versus bad right those are so much easier 
it's it's the more difficult ones are the ones that it's like good 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 mm-hmm. which wh- which good do we choose and yeah god is using has used other people so many times in our lives and in our marriage even um to to speak wisdom in when we're just kind of bogged down and don't really know which direction is the right direction um what's really beautiful is when you're in constant prayer with him and then he just tells someone you're struggling with something (laughs) through the holy spirit and they come up and they talk to you and you're like i hadn't even told anyone about that like Mm -hmm. i've had that happen uh a few times and it's just so cool because he really is so faithful to get us there and you know we're not so high and mighty that we can derail his purpose in our right. lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm super grateful for that because I can kind of be a little stubborn sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, never. And then finally, um, obey his call. And yeah. um, I mentioned, I think this is the one that takes the most faith is to actually be obedient to. So we, we've prayed to God, we've waited, and we feel like he's given us the answer. But I, I know that I have sometimes just ignored it or... Uh, well, I'll wait until, you know, next month or next year to do that mm-hmm. when the timing's right. Um, and there may be some wisdom to that. You know, God may not be saying to do something immediately, um, but we need to obey what he's calling us to. And I really wanted to highlight, you know, um, the thing he's calling you to do quite often will cost you something. Yeah. Um, maybe cost cost you status or um, a higher paycheck or, um, opinions of friends that you have. Um, but I I think though, that if we're obedient to what God is calling us to do, no matter how scary it might seem, um, it's going to turn out for our good. And the good news is that Jesus promised he'll be with us no matter what happens. Um, so, we really need to take the example of Joseph. I mean, God called him to go to Egypt, um, like in the middle of the night, and he went to Egypt. Now, did he have family there? Probably not. Did he know anyone there? Maybe. Um, but he just was obedient. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, for us, I've seen, you know, the times we weren't obedient (laughs) and the times that we were, you know, you might, it might not be an immediate, like, Oh, yep. I made the right choice. And that, that was the good call to listen and do what we were supposed to do in that, in that time. But over time, um, it comes, it becomes really clear, uh, when you look back and you go, Oh yeah, I can kind of see where things got off the rail because I didn't listen Mm -hmm. or, I can see God's hand in, in it and moving because we were obedient in this area. Um, and I, I'm grateful that God kind of spoke early to us to be super honest with the kids Mm -hmm. when we're struggling and when we're going through hard times, whether it be financially or emotionally or physically, um, to let the kids in on things because I really, um, I really want them to see, what a genuine relationship with Jesus looks like Mm -hmm. and that, and I want them to see that in our failures as well. Right. Like when we aren't (laughs) doing what we should do or when we are not being obedient or we're not acting in the character of God, like I want us to be quick to apologize to each other, to the kids, 
um, and quick to repent. And I love that they get to see what God does with that too, with the broken, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I didn't obey, but we're here now. God help, you know, like help. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's what discipleship really should look like, uh, especially from parents to children is, um, you know, as their age allows for different things, you can kind of start cluing them in on the struggles of life. I mean, yeah, uh, I wish that when I was younger, um, I had a little more understanding of what, what it really means to like live in this world. Like mm-hmm. there's certain struggles that we faced as a family and certain hardships. Um, but there's other things that would have been nice to know before I was 18 and living on my own. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I hope yeah. that we're doing a good job to where our kids will be better prepared than we were uh, when it's time for them to start their own lives as well, especially yeah. their lives um, with with the Lord, which they have a relationship with him now. Right. Um, but it's a completely different thing as an adult um, oh trying to when you're dependent, be, like, you, you know, have being to... responsible for yourself and others. Yeah. yeah. Being an adult isn't always fun. I remember thinking I couldn't wait to grow up and to move out. And, to... <laughs> and now I'm like, stay, stay little guys while you can be a kid while you can. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it, it really just show shows the redemptive power of God um, that he's really not only surrounded um, us with such, you know, amazing godly people who have spoken into our lives and really God through people have, uh, has really d- redirected our, our marriage and mm-hmm. our family so many times. Um, and he's, you know, and because of that, our kids are surrounded with these amazing godly influences that, um, I mean, it's just so vital, you know, my village was a little wild growing up, like, (laughs) and not in a good way. Um, but our kids have been blessed with this amazing village because we don't have it all together, me and you, and we don't do it all right. (laughs) Sorry, I let the secret, I let out the secret, but yeah, no, we don't do it all right. And we don't, get it all right the first time. Um, but that's part of learning, part of growing. And I want them to be able to see that. Um, and because me and you are striving to abide in Christ, I think, um, they'll get to kind of see the good and the bad of, you know, obedience, not obedience. (laughs) And and the good plus bad equals the reality of whatever, what a relationship with the Lord is like, sometimes we fail. Sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we, sort of get it right but have the right heart behind it yeah and so it really is and that's just the sort of failure of our human nature yeah Um, but I I think as long as the desire is there I shared a quote um in my first message in this series like to make a good use of Emmanuel God Mm -hmm. with us we need to desire to be with him and that's the key that really is the key yep absolutely So thanks guys for tuning in. We hope that this message in plain sight was fruitful and blessed you and helped you to get a better understanding of the Christmas story um, or at the very least a new perspective on the Christmas story. Um, But we love you guys. We're praying for you and we hope that uh, you'll have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. But for today, that's that's a wrap. 
Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.